God, we love you. God, we, we love to sing your praises. We love to lift our voices. We love to lift our hearts to you. And God, we love that you are good. And God, we pray that as we sing that, as we hear that echoed in our mind, as we walk and drive out today, that that would sink deep into our hearts. God, that we wouldn't be able to shake that melody from our life today, that you are good. When something else comes up and distracts us away from the purposes that you have for us, that we will remember that you are good, that your purposes are good, that your plan is good, and we can trust you in your goodness. God, we thank you for we thank you for Jesus, and we thank you that He has lived the perfect life so that we might have life in you. And God, we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. You would unify us with one heart, one song, one body. And God, we thank you for all that you want to do in this place. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. It's great to have you with us. Why don't you take a moment, turn to someone next to you, say good morning. Good morning to those with us online, at home, wherever you're gathering this morning. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, pray that you're having a good week. Uh, just take a moment just to say hi in the comments. There's connect, connect cards and next step cards, uh, giving links as well that uh, should show up in the comments as well. You can make use of them. Uh, but we're so glad that you joined us uh, this morning and pray that you have a, a great morning with us. Fantastic. So good to be here with all of us, all of us in the room, all of us online. It's so good. You know, um, we've been seeing like consistent numbers online. You know, it's good that we've got people back in the building, but I just want to encourage you, like we're seeing consistent numbers and they're steadily increasing by the ones and the twos every week. And there's just a, a great sense of what God is doing. Uh, and we're hearing, we've heard testimonies already over the last year and, and a bit that God is using the, the online platform to, to reach people, to bring people into the building, but bring people into a relationship with Him. And uh, it's just been fantastic. And so you might feel funny when you're in the room and we're talking to those online. It's like, is there anyone actually there? There is. Uh, there's, there's stacks of people there that we know and even people that um, choose to remain anonymous. And, and that's the cool thing about that is that people can lean in without feeling like everyone's going to be looking at them because you know the first time you walk into a church building or walk into a new environment it can be pretty daunting for those of us that have grown up in church we've taken it for granted but if you haven't grown up in church the first time you step foot into a church building um, can be pretty intimidating and so that's a, a great barrier that is removed by having this online platform so it's cool keep praying for it and for the effectiveness of the ministry because it, it is um doing a great work speaking of online we're all digital now you've got your church app don't you church center app hands up if you've got church center app on your phone yeah all of us good if you don't and someone next to you put their hand up just say what is he talking about um because that's where you find out everything that's where you find out what events are coming up it's how you can find out what small groups are going on and just um get connected to a small group it's how you can fill in a Connect card or a Next Step card. Um, it's how you can check in. You can check your kids in. It's just, it's awesome. There's heaps of stuff there. So make sure you get on the Church Center app, check in, connect, give, Next Steps, all those sorts of things. It's, 
it's really cool. Uh, speaking of giving, um, there is a, a physical letterbox at the back, which we are calling our giving box, uh, that you can put your cash offerings into. But um, most of us now are transitioned, thanks to COVID, to online giving. And so that's a really cool thing. And um, I just want to encourage us once again that we're a really generous church. We are a really generous church and, and God has been always faithful to us and um, and to, to keep praying and remembering our giving. I know for, for me and for us, it just is sometimes mindless that the money goes out, especially if you've set up a recurring thing and you can sometimes forget um, and it's not the same as putting cash in a, in a bucket. Um, but just to take a moment every Sunday um, as we talk about giving, just to remember and to, to give God praise and to to give with a thankful heart, um, even if your deposit doesn't come out on a Sunday, um, just to just to remember that moment and to to give God praise in that. Good morning, kids. How are you? Loving the holidays. It's good. There's some activity sheets in the back corner if you need um, some activity sheets. There is crèche on for those that are um, that need that as well, um, and. Kids is back not next Sunday, but the Sunday after. Uh, so in two weeks' time, uh, youth is back as well in two weeks' time. And so term three is going to be great for our kids and our youth. They've got a, we've got a takeover service coming up, and that's always a fun Sunday in church. Uh, in I think it's in August sometime, a takeover service. And so there's some cool stuff happening. Um, I've got some other things planned for term three, which I won't give too much away, but it's going to be a, a fun term in, in church, in kids and in youth, all the things. It's going to be good. Um, that's all I need to say, I think. Um, it's good. We're going to uh, spend a few moments praying now. Um, we believe that prayer changes things. We believe for the impossible and, um, and we really take these moments hopefully seriously. I know as, as leaders, we take it seriously that we, as, and especially as we gather together in, in such number and pray and believe for the same thing, that uh, it does change things. It is effective. Uh, and when we join our faith together and we join our hearts together, there's something that changes us and changes the things we're praying about. And so I want to encourage you that as we do these moments, as we pray together, as we sing together, as we hear the word together, to join your faith and join your hearts with it. Not just be passive and just go, oh, that was nice, or they could have done that better, or I wish they, they had said that. But let's join our faith and our hearts together in every moment as we gather, because that's where God commands a blessing. That's where God works, is when we're in unity and when we're together. So we're in the room online. Let's stand. Let's join our faith and let's pray. Lord God, we are so thankful. We are so thankful for for the gift of salvation. We're so thankful for the gift of a family, of a body of Christ that we can belong to, that we can contribute to, that we can be nourished from. And God, we lift up this body, this you know, group of believers to you right now. And we thank you that we are, we are yours. You've bought us with a price and you've secured our eternity. God, we especially lift up those this morning that facing different sorts of battles, whether they're health battles, whether they're emotional battles or mental battles, whether they're financial battles, whatever they are, God, we lift up 
um, those that are facing those, those tough moments in life. And we ask that you might come into their life and, and, and bring a miracle. And we believe for the impossible in, um, in these difficult situations. God, for those that are undergoing treatment in hospitals, um, we really pray for wisdom for doctors. And more than that, God, we pray for healing in Jesus' name. We pray that you might bring a miracle into these bodies. You might work through the chemotherapy, you might work through the different surgeries, and you might bring healing in Jesus' name that um, brings you glory and shows you goodness to all around. God, we lift up our community to you. We lift up those that we know that don't yet follow you. And God, we pray that you might stir something in their hearts. And God, you might give us opportunities even this week to speak about you, to plant another seed. And God, that you might bring the growth, that you might bring the harvest. God, we believe that you have put us in this place, in this town, in this community, in the places that we're from, to, to reach and to, to be your hands and your feet, to be your mouthpiece, to bring good news. And so, God, we pray that you might fill us with courage and a boldness to do that, and you might continue to prepare the hearts of those that, that come across our path. And, God, we pray that, yeah, you might... Uh, bring revival in this in this region. You might bring revival through Gippsland, through Victoria, that your name would become more famous than any other name, that your name would be a talking point more than any other talking point, more than any other political thing and any other uh, worldwide thing, any other health thing, that your name might be the thing that is on people's lips more than anything else, on people's hearts. And God, would you use that, use us in that change. God, as we continue to lift up our, our voice and our hearts to you, God, we pray that you might increase our faith. Increase our faith. Build us into the people you've called us to be. God, we love you and we honour you. We thank you for all that you're doing, all that you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we do thank you that you never let us down. And Father, right now we just claim that promise that you won't let us down now, that as we lean into you, that you will continue to speak to us, that as we have open hearts and open ears, that we will hear what you have to say to us. Father, we thank you that it will be good and it will be encouraging. And we just lay this time before you and ask you to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. It's great to be here. Have a seat. I, w I was waiting for Brad to sort of say who was preaching this morning, but he didn't mention it. That's all right. I heard how he introduced me in the leadership meeting earlier. Um, he just said, uh, the old man's preaching today. And I thought, that's, that's nice. So you can't get away with anything, young Bradley. But it is great to be here and, uh, and share with you this morning. Uh, let's get straight into it. Because I usually run out of time. So, and that clock turns red and I get guilty. Luke chapter 7. If you want to flick, turn, swipe... However you get there, or if you're just going to be 
like me when I'm watching, just wait for it to be on the screen. You do that. Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through to 17. Luke 7, 11 says this. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a, a town called Narn, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only mother of his son, and, as she, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it stood, and those carrying it stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has come amongst us, or has appeared amongst us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. May it light our path this morning. May it challenge us and encourage us as we reflect on it. In Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know about you. I don't know how you open up God's word. You know, when I was a, when I was a young Christian and I was at Bible college, they'd say, you know, read a passage and, and meditate on it. And, and I'm not that sort of person that sits underneath the juniper tree and just meditates on God's word. I sit there and I get distracted and all sorts of things come into my mind and I just feel guilty that I'm not the super spiritual person that's just been able just to sit there and ponder. And, and, and I had to learn a new way of just sort of, you know, sort of chewing over God's word. And one of the things that I do, especially in a story like this, is I actually picture the scene in my head and I replay it, and I sort of th think about what it would look like if we had to act it out in a play, or we had to film it to, to sort of express it to somebody. And that often unpacks stuff for me. I just want to sort of lay the scene of this picture. This, this story is an amazing picture. It's, an, it's a sort of a story of, this, of these meetings that happen. Here's this large crowd following Jesus. This crowd had just heard the Sermon on the Mount. He'd come down from there. He'd been confronted by a, um, a servant of a centurion saying, come and, come and heal my servant. Come and heal, heal my daughter. The centurion didn't even come himself. He just sent his servants and, and, and Jesus sort of was coming and they said, Centurion came and said, just, just say the word. Just say the word and she'll be healed. I know what authority is like. I know what authority means. Just say the word. And she was healed. And the crowd saw this and continued on the journey with Jesus. And we come to this passage. So you can just imagine the buzz in the crowd. They'd heard this ripper sermon. They'd seen this amazing miracle and they're just buzzing. They're just going, whoo-hoo, we've got a good one here. This prophet's a winner. 
This man's worth following. This man's got something. And then they're, they're going on, they're excited, they're, they're, they're just all chatting away. And they come to the town and they collide with another crowd. The crowd following Jesus is excited, is expectant, is enthusiastic. Not so this other crowd. Not, not led by a young, enthusiastic young leader. Not, not led by someone who's performing miracles and excited and saying, come on, come follow me. But a widow. Someone who's lost everything. This crowd is following the widow to bury her son. To bury her hopes and her dreams of the future. To bury all that she had. And just to, and just to have a life where she has nothing. See, in those days, a widow was bad enough. But a widow without a son to provide for her was a place of despair, hopelessness. This crowd had witnessed the son dying. This crowd had witnessed the wailing of a, of a widow in, in hopelessness. This crowd was just heading to a cemetery. This crowd was full of despair, depression, despondency. And these two crowds smashed together at the gate I don't know if you've ever been in a crowd and, and they sort of smash together and you, you sort of you don't know where your your crowd is going. Uh, you know, and, and you're trying to follow people. Years and years ago we used to take groups of people to the Hillsong conference and I used to try and you know keep us together as a group. And and we'd sort of get towards the, the Hillsong sort of area and there'd be twenty thousand people and trying to keep our group together. It was a nightmare. And we'd sort of get in, into amongst the other crowd and, and, and everyone would, wouldn't know who to follow and where we were going and we'd often end up in the wrong queue or the wrong waiting spot and you just lose people. These two crowds collided. And you sort of wonder if people got lost in amongst that collision. When these two crowds collided, two sons met. The son of God and the son of a widow. They met unprepared, unexpected. They met unplanned. And this son of God came and met a son who was dead. It's where life met death. This son of God who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Come follow me. Met the son who was dead, who had nothing to give. The son of God had everything to give. Had life, had hope, had purpose. And yet this 
dead son had nothing, had given everything already and had nothing to give. Jesus, just as he did in the previous story, came with authority to this funeral procession, came to this this open casket, and he turned to the widow and said, don't cry. That's one of those statements in the Bible where you just go, really? Really? I've been to a lot of funerals. I've performed a lot of funerals. I've seen a lot of mums crying. And the last words I would say to her is, don't cry. How could she not cry when she was burying her only son? Surely of all days, this was the day where she could cry where she should cry. But Jesus knew what was about to happen. And and in a bit of a prophetic way, he said, don't cry, I've got this. Don't despair, I've got this. Don't look at what you're experiencing now because I know your future. Don't cry. As the song would say, I'm good. It's going to be okay. And he goes up to that open casket and he looks at the dead son. And what does he say? He says, young man, I say to you, get up. Could you imagine the response of the two different crowds in that space? The crowd that had followed Jesus were leaning in expectant, hoping, dreaming, wondering what was going to happen. The crowd following the widow were just going, really? Can't we just get on with this? Can't, can't we just continue on our journey? This day is hard enough without being sort of taken aside without being held up we just need to get this over and done with and Jesus holds them up and says don't cry young man get up and the young man sat up and began to talk sat up and began to talk What an amazing scene. What a picture. What an amazing privilege to be there when that happened. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? As we see that replayed out that way, what do we learn? What do we learn from that? What can we glean from God's word that speaks to us today I didn't know why I was sort of drawn to this passage when Brad asked me to speak you see usually when I get asked to speak and I speak you know every second week just about 
I've got a fair few sermons that I can just drag out. You know, I've 22 years of sermons is, you know, there's a couple of good ones there that I can repeat. There's a couple there that I will never repeat, believe me. And I probably need to go back and say sorry about that, but anyway. But most of those you've heard. And while I appreciate Brad's view of repetition, I'm not sure if sermon repetition sort of fills into that gap, you know. So when Brad asked me to preach, I thought, I've got to write a new sermon. I haven't done that for a long time. And for some reason, I was drawn to this passage. And I don't know why. Well, I do now. But I didn't know why. And as I sort of replayed it in my mind, I started to, to think. I just wonder if 18 months ago, there was this collision of two crowds. Of 18 months ago, when, when, when church was normal, when life was normal, and the church crowd was following Jesus and was walking along expectant, excited, having heard great messages of hope, having seen God at work, and suddenly it collided with a pandemic. It collided with another crowd going another direction and, and, and this crowd intermingled and we weren't quite sure which crowd we were at and, and suddenly we weren't a crowd following Jesus. We were just this crowd in this world that was so totally different. And we weren't quite sure where we were heading or what the future was or when we'd get back to normal let me just say we'll never be back to normal this is the new norm and we need to get used to it you know there was this crowd that was sometimes from a distance sometimes close up but it was following one that they'd heard about and suddenly we were just sort of no longer a crowd. No longer were we encouraging one another, were we sharing with one another, were we, were we building one another up or were we actually encouraging, being encouraged or encouraging. We weren't quite sure what we were doing. We were sitting at home watching church at the best or at the least not even watching church and just having some time off that space. The crowd of the world and the crowd of the church collided and intermingled in, in a way that had, we weren't really seen before. It was unexpected. We were unprepared and it was definitely unplanned. This crowd that we were used to meet with every week no longer influenced us like it did in the past. No longer did we have to put on a face, put on a show. We could turn up to church in our pyjamas. We could turn up to church without doing my hair, which takes me hours every morning. 
no longer do we have to put on a show. No longer did I actually have to fulfill my roster duties. No longer was I involved in, in ministry. No longer was I giving of myself. No longer was I relying on God to use me. I was just surviving. As I travel around eastern Victoria for my, for my job and, and I meet pastors and I meet leadership team and I meet congregations, I meet churches and I meet people that definitely acknowledge the church is different now. That it's all changed. That this collision that happened hasn't really, in some, for some people, we haven't really managed to sort of uncollide and work out who we are following and which path we are going down. We're still in that confused state of just walking around in, in this big crowd of, of mess and going what does it look like for me now to follow Jesus? A lot of us have worked it out. I'm still working it out because it's changed my role. It's changed how I live my life. And I'm still working out exactly what that looks like. What does it actually mean to follow Jesus in this world today? Because... Ever since I was 14, 15, I've done the same thing. But now it's just that little bit different. Unfortunately, I think in the collision, some people stopped following Jesus and started following the crowd that had no hope. And they might not have realised it. I don't know, have you ever been in a, turned up to this place where there's a long queue or a long crowd and you think, that's where I need to go, that's the queue I should be in, this must be where I start queuing up. And you start meandering down and following the queue only to get to the end and go, oh, I should have been in that one. That's the way I should have been. And I wonder if some of us are, are sort of think we're following, but we're not quite sure where it's heading, and we're just hoping it's heading in the right. We're in the right queue. I think it's time for us to to actually listen to what Jesus said, and he actually said. Young man, young woman, get up. You know, getting up requires action. It means doing something. It means actually getting up and doing something. You know, I, Heather, my wife's been um, working in Melbourne a bit with COVID testing and stuff, and so you know, two or three nights a week, she's in Melbourne. And, and, and I'm lying in bed thinking, nobody knows if I get up or not. Nobody knows if I don't start the day until, you know, 8.30 or something. No one would know. 
apart from my dog annoying me and getting me to get up to take him for a walk. But the day doesn't start until I actually get up to do something. And Jesus is calling us as Christians, as church, to get up. And notice the son's reaction. He sat up and he started talking. Sat up and started talking. I think if we're going to actually respond to what God's calling us to do, it means we actually need to act and to speak with our words and with our actions. It's time for us to actually do something. You know, a lot of, a lot of things that, that I was involved in, in ministry, even in this church, don't happen anymore. So I can just relax, can't I? Sit back. Well, I can't be on that roster. I can't do that ministry. It doesn't happen anymore. But we're in a new world. And, and the one thing that I hear from churches and pastors, and, and the beauty of me in my role, even in this church, is I can come in, I can say stuff, because I'm not the pastor, and the pastor hasn't asked me to say anything, so Brad doesn't know what I'm going to say, so he just trusts the old man um, to, to, to say stuff. But I think it's time for, for us to actually ask ourselves individually, what are we doing to follow Jesus? It's a pretty basic question, isn't it? But the world's changed. And we're actually called to follow Jesus. Now, if I said to you, I'm going to buy you all lunch. So at the end of, the meal, end of, end of here, jump in your cars and follow me. And I'll buy you lunch. I reckon most of you would be pretty keen to actually stay pretty close and to know, I'm not going to tell you where I'm going, I'm just going to buy you lunch. So if you're with me when I get there, I'm buying you lunch. If you're not with me, bad luck. You're going to stay pretty close. You're going to watch pretty cleanly and you're going to actually do something to follow me. When Jesus says, follow me, it actually means we've got to do something. We've got to do something. I'll make Glennie's heart sing here. I'll quote John Kennedy, a great Hawthorne coach. In the 1975 grand final, he said, Don't think, do! If you want to hear inspirational speech, look it up. They still lost, but it doesn't matter. It was an inspirational speech, and it's often quoted. He says, don't think about it. Do something. And I think Jesus says the same to us. Don't think about following me. Do something to follow me. And that question of what we do needs to, needs to be rethought through. Because we used to say, oh, well, 
I'm on the cleaning roster or I'm on this roster or I'm on that roster. That's what I do. Jesus is asking us to do so much more. So much more. You know, I've said from this place time and time again, filling a roster is not about getting a job done. It's about what you actually, uh, it's more for you. And when we follow Jesus and do something, it's not about what we achieve. It's about what we achieve here. Because I grow when I rely on God. I, you know, I, I'm a pretty good introvert. I'm really happy in my own skin. I'm really happy by myself, you know, not the centre of attention. I'm happy to sit in a room and watch the crowd and, and, and just see what transpires. And, and I'm in my happy place. I don't need to be talking. I don't need to be, to be going on. And yet, I so regularly find myself here being the centre of attention and everyone looking at me. And I can only do it in God's strength. And that's what encourages me. And that's what builds me. That's when I grow. I say, God even uses me, an introvert, someone who's quite happy to be in a quiet little corner to actually share his word and to preach. But I can only do it because he is good and never lets me down and actually uses me. What's God calling you to do? Maybe it's time for you to sit up and start doing something, to stop thinking about it and doing something. Our world's collided, but if we untangled ourselves from that and thought about, what am I going to do to follow my God down the path? Let me pray. Father, I thank you that you are good, that you are trustworthy, and as we put our faith in you, as we follow you, you lead us in paths where you can continually use us, where you in, use us to encourage, use us to, to uh, build up, use us just to walk alongside. Father, as we think this week about what it means to follow you, may you cause us into action to actually put one step forward one foot forward in front of another as we follow you. And Father, may you give us fresh insight what that means for us today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.